Everybody, I am Sean Graham Scott, not alongside. He's off painting his toenails, but have no fear. I am not flying completely solo today because this week I was out in Las Vegas, Nevada for the 2022 Men's World Curling Championship. So I wanted to share some of the audio that I was able to get from that event a lot going on in Las Vegas as we record this. Canada and Sweden have booked their spots in the playoffs. And then you have a bit of a logjam everywhere else in the field. Uh, should be a lot of fun as we get set for the final day of round robin competition out in Vegas. And then what should be a very eventful run through the playoffs. So to get you set for it, wanted to go through some of the stuff that we were talking about out in Vegas this week and let's start with the rocks and the ice a lot of discussion about the ice conditions and uh, the state of the rocks out there in las vegas some of the players were not particularly happy with it came up quite frequently in the post-game chats so let's kick things off by hearing from some of the players start with ross patterson then oscar erickson Corey dropkin brad gushu Amos Mosanner, and we'll wrap with Magnus Ramsfeld. So here they are talking about the ice conditions. I think so. I mean, that's basically it. I mean, everybody says you can't win a championship at the start of the week. And, you know, I think certainly for ourselves, we had a good start against Italy. And then, you know, the career game was just one of those games. It was, it was nip and tuck. And last night, we just got a little bit more affected by the ice than what we, we, we should have done for being an experienced team. So, um, yeah, I think it's the same with a lot of teams. The first few games, you're trying to suss things out a little bit. But... Ice was great there, so we felt on, we felt you know happy on it, and I think it's using that experience from the early games to try and build momentum as the week goes on. Every championship, you get on new ice, new rocks, uh, so it's always a little bit uh, tricky in the beginning to to know exactly what to expect. So we get 15 minutes of practice before the tournament starts on every sheet, so you try to figure out the rocks, make sure you have a decent pair uh, if we have any differences within within the eight rocks we have and and try to get a feel for how much curl we have all four ways to the middle and to the wings uh, so we just got fooled a couple of times early on and uh, which we didn't expect but yeah we uh, this is the first game in every championship basically so yes try to make the basic shots and uh, wait for the the tougher more precise run backs taps all those kind of shots later on this week you know it's always nice um getting on the ice and and uh a little bit tough for us at first it was swinging a little bit more than we were thinking and um you know just spent a few ends really getting used to how ex how exactly we wanted to throw the rock with a little bit more of a pop um just kind of losing some rocks a little bit early in the game um by just not giving it enough at the at the release uh, but once we once we started getting getting the hang of that and getting our hit weights up to uh, up to par um, things were just we're making more shots. Things were coming off a little bit smoother, and uh, and yeah, it was you know it's nice grinding one out like that. You know, I, I wasn't dramatically better. Like there were still some spots where it would jump, but 
uh, it certainly was better than the first four games. And I think we know what to experience. We changed our deliveries a little bit where we've had, added some rotation and trying to be a little bit more positive on our releases to, to stop those rocks from grabbing whatever it is. Uh, so I think those two adjustments have have allowed us to make a few more shots. Hey, Emily. Yeah. Hi, Emily. And, um, yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, I guess, how comfortable did you feel today with the ice and the rocks? I know there's been, they're not as lively as maybe what you're used to playing with. Yeah, and, and, and they're not, they don't seem to be matched as well either. Um, you know, we used these at the slams a number of years ago and we got rid of them because they were tough. Uh, so I'm not sure why they were brought, uh, brought back here, but. Um, you know, comfort level, it's, it's growing. I, I don't know if I could put a number on it because, you know, we talked about this, these ice conditions. You know, we're not going to be able to play at the level that we played in Lethbridge or, or in Saskatoon at the trials just because it's not conducive. So, you know, I, I don't know if we'll ever get to a 10 out of 10, but we got to kind of accept that we're going to have a few more misses and, and uh, you know, an, an 80, 85% game is pretty good out here where, you know, in Lethbridge, you're looking to curl 90, 95%. So it's just a different perspective. And, and with those misses, you want to try and limit the damage that you do. And, and so far, we've been doing a good job of that. Brian, in terms of the rocks and ice, uh, what are you looking for maybe event to event coming in, like in terms of consistency? Like, does it have to be the same like prior to this? Or oh, absolutely not. No, it's actually fun when it's different. Um, the only thing you ask for at each event is that it's kind of consistent. You know, if, if it's four feet of curl, you know it's four feet of curl. It's not going to be four feet on one rock and six feet on another rock. Uh, that's kind of all you look for. It's actually nice when you when you play some variation, and, and we're quite spoiled in Canada that we play on a lot of ice that curls five feet, 24 and a half, 25 seconds. Um, so when you get a bit of variation, I'm, I'm okay with that. I just want to see uh, see it being consistent so you know when you put the broom down, it's in the right spot, and then you just got to execute the, the throws. So um, that's kind of been the challenge so far this week for a lot of the teams is we're getting some inconsistent results. How are you guys feeling in terms of ice, rocks, now that we're starting to get into the week a little bit? Are you getting more comfortable? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. A little bit, yes. Yeah. I mean, like I said, uh, we struggle it a little bit this game, but we try to, to improve in the next one, try to, to make the the good shot and try to, to win. I noticed very much the, the heavyweights. If you give them a little bit like out from the broom, they will just keep sliding out. So we, I had a blank where I we took like very safe ice so I can like pop it out and then it just keeps going out and out and out and then it actually missed. So, <laughs> so that's one of those adjustment stones that we needed to like kind of get into the groove. And, right. Yeah, get uh, going. And, and in terms of just the stones and making those adjustments, like how, how long does it usually take you as an event to really feel locked in, to feel comfortable with ice stones, weight, all that kind of stuff? I guess it depends. Uh, so recently we haven't played that many tournaments. We'd like to play more, but there's, there's just not that many on. So I'm guessing it's going to take a bit longer now, but usually I'd say like two or three games, um, maybe even more. The first time or the only tournament uh, championship we played together, we only really got good until like the eighth or ninth game. Hopefully it'll be better this time. <laughs> so hopefully the conditions improve over the course of the weekend and the players, they seem more comfortable than they did early in the week. So hopefully that continues. Now, one thing that's a lot of fun at this year's World Championship, we got some debuting players, one of whom is Corey Dropkin making his debut as Team USA at the World Championship. He talked a little bit about what it was like to make that debut at the Worlds. You know, it feels great. Um, it's nice to, uh, you know, have, have the home crowd and um, it's great to see all the fans out there. There's a lot of family out there that came to watch and cheer us on. So it's always exciting when, when they can see those faces um, in the stands. And, 
you know, it, it, you know, it's the first first world championship for the Young Bucks, um, and and we're pretty happy with you know going out there and getting a getting a win to start off, um, and kind of getting our feet wet and and uh, just used to the ice here. So it's it's good. Now another debut is Lucas Klima from the Czech Republic. They almost made it into the Olympics, lost their last two games at that final Olympic qualifier. So he and his team are making their debut at the Worlds as well. Let's hear from him on what that's been like for the Czech team. Yeah, probably we were we were discussing that if we get any breaks from them, it will be probably at the beginning because uh, they had few misses, which I don't believe they will have in the second half of the tournament. Uh, actually, this misses kept us in the game. Otherwise, it could have been quicker. But yeah, we had our chances, but we just made too many misses. Uh, for, for you guys as a team, you, you've had a pretty good season so far, uh, from from afar, what I've seen. Like, so, so how do you sort of assess your season to this point in terms of your expectations for the week? Uh, yeah, we had we had decent Europeans. Then we were really close to qualifying for the Olympics. Lost last two games, which was like a big heartbreak. But still, uh, our goal we are trying to go game by game, obviously. But our goal is to get into top six, which is which means playoffs. It's like almost like top half, so it's definitely doable. But we have to work hard for it. Now, Lucas Klima is not flying totally solo into the world championship as Craig Saville is on the bench as the team coach. Of course, Saville has a ton of world championship experience. So I talked to him a little bit about working with the team and trying to make sure that they can benefit from all of his experience at the international level. There's a couple factors. This is the first world for these guys. Like this is their biggest event they've played in. Um, first time for a lot of these guys in North America, Vegas, world stage i mean we're adding up a whole bunch of little checklists right and check boxes for these guys so um i knew it would be a little bit till they get settled and you know that's a big part of um what we've talked about is you know let's let's embrace this situation and um and learn from it and and get better as we go um and that's been our goal yeah, so in terms of those first, you obviously have the experience of being at this level. Mm. What, how do you take that approach to use, that they can use your experience, or benefit from your experience at events like this? Well, just, just learning um, how these events run um, and how to prepare yourself both before the event, during the event as well. And, uh, you know, I've obviously played a whole bunch of these before, and uh you know it's just there's little things you can do to help as the week goes on and uh but at the same time no one ever plays great the first time out in these big spiels and you have to get um you have to get some games under your belt and uh and that's what these guys are doing for for the future and while not a debut amos mosaner and his team from italy perhaps playing on a different level now is Amos himself is coming off that gold medal in the mixed doubles with Stefania Constantini over in Beijing at the Olympic Games. So I talked with him about that gold medal and how things have changed for him and the state of Italian curling heading into 2026. I mean, a lot of uh, interview in Italy, a lot, a lot of people start to know curling because uh, we are just like three, four hundred players 
and no one uh, know the dead sport but now they understand what it is and that's fine for us because for the for the Italian curling and for the next Olympics we need more player and more people following us. Yeah, so everyone seems to think that 2026 is the focus for Italian curling. Uh, are you guys, do you feel like you're ahead of schedule um, for where you want to be in 2026 given the results you had uh, in Beijing? Uh, yeah, of course, we now we have to finish that season, this season, and then uh, we're thinking about for the big picture for 2026. Of course, we, we want to, to go there and try to make uh, medals maybe. Of course, it's not easy because every every country make uh, the best curling, try the, the best curling in the, in the world. But uh, of course, with the Olympics at home, we, we need to, to play good and try to make uh, maybe another medal. So with Italy on the rise, you have a couple other countries here. Very interesting that their top teams or what we might associate as their top teams are not participating as Peter de Cruz is not there for Switzerland. Bruce Mowat not there for Scotland, and Thomas Ulrud not playing for Norway. So I talked with Yannick Schwaller, Ross Patterson, and Magnus Ramsfeld about the state of curling in their respective countries, the rivalries that they have with these other teams. And I should note that I did talk with Yannick Schwaller before the Peter de Cruz news was announced that that team will no longer be playing together. But here are his thoughts about that team, as well as, as I say, Ross Patterson and Magnus Ramsfeld. Yeah, of course, it's our first one. Uh, we had to fight a lot uh, back at home to do that. Um, you shouldn't forget uh, two other Swiss teams. They, they're quite up and coming. One is playing at the players next week. So um, I guess we're going to have uh, more Swiss teams that are in the mix for in the future. But uh, still, the light rivalry, it was there. And sometimes a bit more bitter, sometimes a bit more on our side. And... It's still a friendship, I guess, out there. Um, but but still, in the end, on the ice, you want to win. It's rivalry, but at the same time, they're all you know, some of our best friends that are in the teams yeah. as well. So it's a bit of a strange setup. I know curling communities like that as well. We've all come from same same towns. We've all kind of curled together. I'm a little bit older than some of those guys, but like Hammy was my best man at my wedding and things like that. So um, it's a tight knit community, and but it doesn't mean the rivalry is not pretty fierce. And those guys have done so well over the last few years. They've They've just kind of built momentum and got better and better, and you know we we're aspiring to kind of get that consistency. You know, I think we've got the quality and the team. It's just trying to find that level of consistency. And with Craig coming in this year, you know, it's a new setup. You've got to, you, you maybe take it for granted a little bit when you've got somebody like Mike with a lot of experience that things are just going to click straight away. But there's a lot of, a lot of hard work that has to go on behind the scenes. And you know, the two results we had this year weren't what we wanted, but you've got limited tour events you can play in, and we had to condense a five-week period of traveling to Canada and twice and Europe and trying to maybe gamble a little bit and getting early success and it didn't quite work out so we put a big emphasis into work off the ice and recognizing where we had areas we had to be better and you know since then we've, we've had a sort of good year so far and yeah I'm just delighted that we're here get that opportunity. No, so uh, Team Olstad has been was it a good couple of four years and uh, I expect they'll form uh, a team next year as well maybe not the same players but uh, they'll be strong as always and uh, we're going to be here with the same team and we've been kind of prepping for this point and uh, trying to be the young and coming guys up and coming and uh, hopefully going to get some, uh, some opportunities to play more world championships and Europeans and uh, try to fight to be the best team in Norway but, uh, 
it's nice to have two good teams instead of just one, just team also at the top. Now it's now there's two, yeah. giving giving each other some competition and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be an exciting uh, Olympic cycle. Of course, one of the reasons those teams aren't playing here is the Olympics and the timeline from the Olympics to the World Championship. There are a couple players who are participating here who did play in the Olympic Games. I already heard from Amos Masaner. A couple others are Brett Gallant and Oscar Erickson. Oscar Erickson, of course, double medalist in Beijing. Brett Gallant played with Team Gushu, of course, and is planning as well on playing in the next doubles world championship as well as the players and the Champions Cup. He said he was going to try to play in all of those events coming up. So I asked both Breckland and Oscar Erickson how they're feeling given their heavy workloads over the past couple months. Uh, honestly, feeling not bad. We played a lot of big competitions and, and pressure tournaments, but in all honesty, we, we haven't played a lot of tournaments all year. We played a pretty quiet fall. We played um, one to spiel at the end of November. We played the Olympics uh, in February and we played the Briar. So we haven't played a lot. It's been a lot of time on the road and a lot of time um, under, you know, like intense competition, but my body feels good. And um, yeah, if we can, if we can maintain that and be mentally good at the end of the week, we should be fine. Probably if Beijing was 100%, uh, I don't think I'm at 100 right now. Uh, <laughs> But we're here in beautiful Las Vegas, uh, makes it a little bit easier too. Uh, you have the pool, you can just go out and relax in between games. So I think for every game that goes on, I think the motivation will rise and uh, we really want that uh, fourth uh, straight gold medal. Oscar Eriksson there does talk about the fourth straight world championship the team is going for. And it did bring to mind this question of where does the world championship fit in the curling landscape? here in 2022 when so much is focused on the Olympic Games. That's why we've had so many teams break up in the last little while. The focus is very much on that four-year cycle, looking ahead to the next Olympics. That has already started. People are looking ahead to the 2026 Olympics over in Italy. So I want to get a sense of, for the players, how does the World Championship stack up? So I talked with Nicholas Adin, Corey Dropkin, Brett Gallant, Craig Saville, and Brad Gushu on that very important question. I think uh, the Olympics have been very dominant, so to speak, in terms of what you need to win during your career. Uh, but I think now with the, the bigger fields and the much tougher fields at the Worlds than compared to like 10 years ago when you had 12 teams and six of them were um, maybe tough to lose against for the top teams, uh, to be fair. So I think we're seeing a totally different kind of event now. It's much tougher physically and mentally to, to go through a World Championship now. And I think, uh, yeah, w winning these, is, it, it's almost harder than to win the Olympics, except for the pressure and except for the once every four year kind of thing. But uh, as an event and, and like seeing which teams are in it, the, these are almost tougher now. Both the Olympic trials, um, you know, and um, in a national championship, say, you know, have sort of the same feeling, although the Olympic trials, you know, those are to go to the Olympic Games. Um, nationals, those are to go to the World Championships. Obviously, the Olympic Games only happens once every four years, but, you know, when you're a child growing up, you want to be playing at the biggest stage, you know, and those are the Olympic Championships and Olympic Games and the World Championships. Um, so, you know, we're thrilled to be here. Um, this is, you know, no less exciting than anything else for us. You know, this is, you know, the biggest event that we've been to and, and we're really just loving it. Um, so we're going to make sure we get the most out of this and, and really just play our hearts out here. Um, you know, there's no need to downplay a world championship because world championships, you know, that all, all the best teams in the world here. So it's, 
it's pretty exciting to be here and uh, and the lights in, in in the Orleans here. For us, um, while we're proud of our bronze medal at the Olympics, uh, I think there's still a little bit of unfinished business coming with the bronze. And um, you know, we're always trying to stand at the top of the podium every week. So um, for us, maybe a little bit of unfinished business coming and playing against the best teams in the world. And we'd love to uh, do one or two better this week. Well, I I think you know you kind of break down. Um, that four years into single um, seasons and world championships right up there um, I think most of these guys want to check the box of getting to the world championships and then getting to the Olympics as well so the the Olympics is the golden nugget I think uh, for sport and uh, and then the world championships is there so every year hey there's lots of goals of Europeans and uh, and the world championships for these guys um, so if you break it down there, yeah, the Olympics is down there, but it's four years away. So there's lots of other goals we want to achieve before getting there. You know, I, I think it varies from country to country and, and uh, place to place. Like I, I heard uh, Joel talk about, um, you know, getting into the Players' Championship and how he's more excited to play that than this this year. Uh, but that's, he's had the opportunity to play, you know, probably a dozen of these in his career. So I, I can understand that perspective. But from a Canadian perspective, you know, uh, the world sometimes is a once in a lifetime opportunity. So it's, it's very important. Um, but then also, you know, maybe in Canada, there's a little bit higher priority on the Briar and Scotties than there would be on this. So it really varies from team to team and, and country to country. So there you have it. A little bit of the audio from my trip over in Las Vegas, Nevada for the Men's World Championship. Really fun event. Uh, the attendance, not what I'm sure anyone was hoping for, but given world circumstances, hard to really be upset about it. Maybe it was optimistic to try to go back to Vegas at this point, given the realities of how those Vegas events take place and how they've been successful in the past. And I think they will be successful in the future, but can't really blame anybody for that. Uh, there's a lot of optimism over the past couple of years and we'll see hopefully the weekend with the playoffs. You see bigger crowds over there at the Orleans arena because it is a wonderful facility for curling and the folks there, both the staff volunteers always put on a great show and uh, continue to this week. Uh, everyone who I dealt with was really great. So I, I thank the volunteers and the staff at the Orleans as well as uh, the WCF curling Canada uh, for their help over the course of my time in Vegas for the men's world. So that's going to be it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. A little different type of an episode this week. Hope you enjoyed that one, hearing from some of the players. We'll be back to a bit more normal-ish episode next week as we talk about who comes out on top here in Las Vegas and who will win this world championship. Will Nicodem be able to get his four straight? Will Brad Gushu go out with a world championship or will it be somebody who maybe we don't expect coming through those playoffs so have to see how it all plays out very much looking forward to watching along with you so if you have not yet please do subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast do the likes ratings comments all that good stuff so other people find the show it keeps us growing here and you can head on over gamestonespod.com all of our past episodes are there plus the merch is available under the merch tab all proceeds to the Sandra Schmurler Foundation and Food Banks can. Of course, we are matching those. So head on over, check all that stuff out. And of course, you can let us know what you want to hear on the show, Game of Stones podcast at gmail.com. So thanks again, everybody. Hope you're staying safe out there, feeling good. We'll be back with you again next week. But until then, 
Keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that in turn. <laughs>